Hey, good morning and welcome to our service. We're glad, so glad that you can join us this morning. Today we are beginning a new sermon series that we've called Rhythms, the life, um, the beauty of a life with God. You know that all of life is lived within the imminent presence of God. God, we know God is everywhere around us. But oftentimes we live without the awareness of God's presence. In this series, we, we want to learn about the spiritual practices, learn about various spiritual disciplines, and how we can use them to respond to God's invitation to a beautiful life with Him. As, as uh, Christians, these intentional and regular rhythms, these habits are indispensable tools, they're indispensable tools that we are called to use to help us build and experience this life, this life of beauty with God. So today I'm going to talk about why are the spiritual practices essential for us and why do we need them for us to connect to God in a much deeper, deeper level. Today I'll be reading from Matthew uh, chapter 11, verse 28 to 29. If you have your Bible, you can read with me. This is what it says. Jesus is saying this. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. That's the reading of the word. Have you ever had an invitation to maybe go somewhere to hang out with friends, have dinner with friends, or maybe play dates for the kids? You have this invitation, the date has just come, and it's time to go, it's almost time to go, but you're feeling tired, you're feeling drained, you're feeling down. The last thing you want to do is actually go up, go out to this um, date or this hangout. You just want to hang out at home in your pajamas. And I suspect, that if you do go, you might even be more drained. So you're tempted to reschedule, to cancel, to postpone, just so that you can relax and rest at home. I read an article um, that, that talked about how this temptation to cancel uh, invitation, this date is so rampant because it's far more easier these days because we're so overcommitted, so overwhelmed, so busy, so overworked. And everyone does it because it's, it's, it's easy to do. You can easily text someone to, um, that you, you can make it. And, um, and we're so tempted to do it. But I know that even when I am tempted to do that as well, and I actually stick it, stick to it. 
and I make those appointments, one of the most energizing experiences is when I actually go into it and come out feeling even more energized. That I'm tired and I don't want to hang out with anyone, but then I go and hang out with some friends and yet I, I come out of it uh, full, thankful, grateful to have community, to have friends. And I go home feeling refreshed and actually feel, feeling rested. You know, this invitation by Jesus to us, to those who are tired, to those who are weary. Jesus is inviting us so that we can actually come out refreshed and rested. The temptation that we have is because that we have to, 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 to cancel or to neglect time with God, neglect spiritual practices is so high because you just, we just want to rest and relax. And it often feels like it's more of a burden to be with God. But Jesus is inviting us because he's telling us, actually, no, this would give you the rest that you need, the rest for your souls, the rest that is beneficial for you. Having uh, spiritual rhythms and practices like prayer and, and scripture reading and uh, fasting and uh, and, and solitude are necessary for us so that we can have an, an authentic relationship with Jesus. And that's why Jesus invites us to want to be with him, to learn from him, and to do it together. Those are my three points today. To be with Jesus, to learn from him, and to do it together. First, Jesus invites us to be with him. Notice this invitation from Jesus. It is not for forceful. It is not guilt-ridden. It's not shaming. It's actually just direct, honest, and caring. It's nurturing of Jesus to invite us to be with him. And this really is the essence of what the spiritual practices are about. It's to be with Jesus. The goal of these rhythms is not to be an expert in prayer. It is not to be a spiritual master. The goal is not to become some spiritual super saiyan. And you know that if you watch Dragon Ball Z, which is a cartoon, old cartoon, fun cartoon. It's not to be a guru. Listen, the goal here is to have an, an authentic relationship with Jesus. This is really the mission of our church. To help people to have uh, a tangible Love to, to know the tangible love of Jesus, really to have this deep relationship with Jesus. We live in a time where um, 
um, much of how we, much of what we believe in our culture, the, the myth that we've come to embrace is really the myth of the American progress, the myth of, the, the, uh, of, of efficiency, the constant goal of, 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 of self-improvement, of getting better. And we think that that's what spirituality is about. That the end goal is to be better, more put together, more organized, more disciplined, more productive. And when we see we, can act, we cannot actually fulfill that, we neglect it and do something else that we feel we can actually be better at. We want to have all our ducks in a row to get our lives to this impossible state of perfection. Yet all Jesus is asking of us is to show up. It's to show up in our tattered clothes, in our disheveled selves, in our weariness. All Christ is asking of us is to show up. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened. He's inviting those who are flustered by all life has thrown at them. Those who are downcast and disillusioned. He's inviting you and I to come to be with him. It's not just trying to add something else to your schedule to make you overwhelmed and tired of. He's inviting you to be with him so that you can actually have the rest that we all need. This invitation to be with Jesus really is an invitation to slow down, to catch our breath, to pay attention to even what's happening around us. To notice the trees and the leaves as they, as they come out during the springtime. To notice the flowers that are blooming. To notice the smell of the rain. It's an invitation for us to slow down, to be aware of his presence. John Ortberg, uh, pastor and author, writes this. That for many of us, the great danger is not that we renounce our faith. It is that we become so distracted and rushed and preoccupied that we will settle for a mediocre version of it. We will just skim our lives instead of actually living them. He's saying that the danger that we face especially in our busy world, is to be so distracted, is to be so rushed and hurried that we settle for a mediocre version of faith, mediocre version of, um, of spirituality. So this invitation to be with Jesus really is an invitation for us to slow down, to see God at work in our lives, to slow down, to be with Jesus. Secondly, 
This invitation is for us to learn from Jesus. The opportunity to be with him provides us this great gift of learning from Jesus. Provides us this great gift of growing in our knowledge, not about Jesus, but actually of knowing who Jesus is. In verse 29 of our text, Jesus said, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Now, we can easily bypass that verse because it doesn't sound as inviting. And then if you actually read it and study, it's actually maybe not something we would like to hear. Why in the world would someone who's weary and tired need a yoke upon themselves? Sounds a bit paradoxical, right? Because the the impetus for going to Jesus is to relax, is to chill from the stress of life. Yet he says, come and I'll give you a yoke. Come and I'll give you a burden. Let's investigate this a little bit further. First, what Jesus is implying here, he's actually implying that we are all under a yoke of some kind. And that yoke that we may have upon ourselves is what is causing us to be weary and burdened and stressed and overwhelmed. In our time, in our context, for us, for you, maybe that yoke could be the, just the, the, the yoke of, of the, the American dream, of living up to the American dream, the, the yoke of success and achievement, the yoke of having to prove ourselves over and over again. Jesus is saying, take my yoke. It is lighter than the yoke you're carrying. Jesus is saying, take off that yoke that has been put on you, um, maybe because of your job, maybe because of expectations from your parents, whatever that might be. Take that yoke off. And he's handing us his yoke. And he's telling us it's lighter. And it's easy. Now, if you don't know what a yoke is. A yoke is an equipment, kind of like a wooden beam shaped as an O or a U that's typically put on an oxen, a horse, a donkey, and it's, it's given to them. This yoke is connected to a cart and, you know, they're used to kind of pull, um, pull a cart or so it's, it's really to do some kind of work, plowing or whatever it might be. Essentially, Jesus is saying to us that he's given us his yoke. He's given us uh, this yoke to carry and that it is lighter than what you're carrying right now. Of course, this Again, it's by no means Jesus is saying that 
um, by carrying this yoke, it means life is going to be much easier. That from here on out, you're going to live happily ever after. If you have been a Christian, you know, for a while, you know, that's not the case. Life's troubles will still happen. They will still come. I know one of the popular Christian axiom that we hear from time to time is that God will never give you more than you can handle. God will never give you more than you can bear. Sounds cute. It sounds motivating. It sounds happy, clappy. But that's not true. It's not in the scriptures at all. Jesus never said that. In fact, if you were to speak to anyone who is going through a tough time, they would say, well, nah. they will actually tell you, no, actually, this seems a little bit too hard. This seems way too hard for me to handle. It is not comforting because it is not true. Sometimes life's troubles, life's pain can be too hard to bear. That's so why there's, there's a massive the temptation when, when, when we hear about Jesus and when we hear about being a Christian from um, many popular preachers, I would say. And they will suggest to you that a better life awaits you if you just believe. A better life awaits you if you just practice um, the spiritual disciplines, if you just obey, a better life awaits you. This classic type of sales tactics neglect, a consistent feature that we see time and time again in Scripture. And Jesus said this very poignantly at one point. He said to the, his disciples that in this life you will have many troubles. You will go through hard times. You will go through hardships. The spiritual disciplines, the spiritual practices are not here so that you can actually um, uh, somehow navigate or move away from hardships and life troubles. No, you will have them. This is what he says. Take heart. Take heart. For I have overcome the world. Jesus says that he has overcome the world. That's why we can actually um, walk with him because he is with us. And I want, I would want to share this brief uh, quote by Dallas Willard. Dallas Willard says this uh, in his book, The Spiritual Disciplines. So the secret of the easy yoke is to learn from Christ how to live our total lives, how to invest all our time and our energies of mind and body as he did. We must learn to follow his preparations, the disciplines for life in God's rule that enabled him to receive his father's constant and effective support while doing his will. The, the, the whole idea of the yoke that God has given us, that Jesus um, uh, invites us to take, is so that we can actually learn to 
to follow him so that we can actually walk step and step with him. And that leads me to my next point, which is to do it together. This is um, another unique feature of the yoke imagery that Jesus uses, is that typically the yoke is put on two oxen, working hand in hand to get the job done, sharing in the burdens together. Right? Because doing it actually makes the load a bit lighter. Again, Jesus says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for yourselves. I think Jesus is here trying to tell us that this yoke he's given to us, he's giving to us, it's a yoke that he's also bearing. That he is also working hand in hand with us. That he is with us along for the ride. But thank God that he is doing the heavy lifting for us. This is not just two people sharing in the burden. This is Christ doing the heavy lifting for us. That's why he's saying, take my yoke. Learn from me. He's doing the heavy lifting. In this time of, you know, again, people feeling weary and tired. Again, we can trust that Jesus is with us and he is carrying the heavy load that we might be feel burdened with. Um, another way to think of it, I, I know um, people are moving. As summer comes, this another time for kind of people to move, um, carry furniture here and there, uh, call the moving company. But I remember when I, when I was younger and having to move and carry furniture out of the house, you know, in order to carry that furniture out of a room, you need two people, maybe three people who are able to support it together, doing it together at the same time. Um, the, the famous, you know, the famous um, uh, clip of Ross and the friends and he's yelling, pivot, pivot, because we, he needed that other person to, to be in line with what he was doing in order to move that furniture out of the room. It's the only way it could work. If not, it, you know, you could have broken furniture. You could have a mark on the wall, wall that might be annoying. In this text, Jesus is actually tr trying to tell us that with him in, on that yoke, with the cross that he had to bear, he has carried most of the heavy lifting for us. And that's why he can say, take heart. I have overcome the world. He has overcome the world in his death, in his resurrection. And now as he sits in the right hand of the Father, praying and interceding for us, along with us for the ride. Now again, Jesus is saying that he's got this, that he's carrying most of the burden for you. But the reality is this. 
and while he is carrying most of this burden, we still have our own, we still have some of it to bear. We still have this burden, this yoke of Christ on us. This cross, like Jesus says, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. There is a cross there that we must bear. There is a cost to following Jesus. Think about whenever Jesus healed um, a lame person, for example, and he told them to get up. They had to get up. They had to use their muscles and actually obey what Jesus said. When he called his disciples to follow him, some had to leave their jobs, their possessions to follow him. For some, he told them, no, go back to your families and tell them what had happened to you. Share about what Christ had done for, for you. There is um, a, a burden, a cross that we must bear. There is a cost, a price to following Jesus. And one of that actually is to take the time and actually find time in our schedule to follow Jesus through these spiritual practices. But these are practices given to us in order to have a life of beauty, a life that is sustained by Christ our Lord. That in the midst of all our ups and downs, in the midst of our struggles, in the midst of our joys, that Christ will be ever present in us that we ourselves can be one, rest, learn to rest in Him, to be refreshed by Him, but also to be like Him in a world full of chaos and darkness, that we can be a light in the midst of darkness. This invitation to these rhythms and practices is so that we can be with Jesus, so that we can learn from Jesus, and so that we can actually do it together with Him. Amen.